0: And gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time to fluff your pillows. Uh, you know, it, 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 well, I try to think of something that rhymes with pillows. Tr- tr- trillo, well, the, my voice will make a sound that if it was an imaginary animal, it'd make a trillo. It's time for sleep with me. Are you up all night, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, that's why you listen to the show Sleep With Me. Because uh, this is actually the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with the bedtime story. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure, refigure out this open, uh, the beginning of it, so it's a little bit sloppy. Yeah, but we do it with the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thinking stuff, you know stuff. If you have a bed full of stuff, holy cow! Uh, I'd, I'd recommend getting it. You know, other than bed stuff, like I'm picturing like uh, tennis rackets, soccer balls, roller skates. Uh, you know, have a garage sale. Maybe you could call it a bed bed sale. Boots. You know, there's boot sales. You know, there's boot sales. You could have a bed sale, uh, but don't. You know, do do don't. You know, maybe schedule it. Just, you know, try to get that. I'll give you a second. I'll i I'll keep talking. Go ahead and get that soccer ball. Is that an air pump in there? Yeah, you don't want an air pump in your bed with you. But I'm going to try to distract you, whether it's stuff or thoughts or feelings, physical sensations, you know, life events, whatever whatever's keeping you awake. I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm clutching my hands. My hands are folded. Uh, because this is an important part of the show, so I can get this point across from squeezing my hands in a penitent way, in a serious way, because this is a silly podcast, but this is serious business, Uh, because I send my voice across the deep dark night. I use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Wings of pointlessness is how I glide across uh, the world of me, you know, meandering world I'm, you know, building, and... uh, you know, it's it's just a podcast to, to to put you at ease, and to give you something else to think about other than what's keeping you awake, uh, especially if it's stuff. You know, and then I think I've talked. It wasn't that long ago because I, I was thinking of the tagline for Sleep with Me, the podcast, fluff with stuff, that fluffing your stuffing. I forgot. I had a great tagline. I never write these things down because I'm recording. Because uh, there's, you know, there's a, I think there was a place called Fluff and Stuff in uh, Syracuse. Might have been a head shop. Remember, also, there was a thing called, there was puffy stickers. I don't know if anybody who was alive during the Great, but there's probably two or three puppy puppy stickers. There, those are always good. And then there's fluff. Uh, and and my, my podcast is full of stuff and fluff and stuff, stuff with fluffing. While your pillows are puffing, sleep with me podcast. The rhymes are free. It's you know you sleep along with me. Yada yada d. Biggedly boggedly bully. Sorry, over rhyming. Uh, I've done that, but you know, there's a lot of stuff in our life, and I'm not going to say that word. C u l l. I'm a terrible speller. Maybe I'll sound it out. Plutter, Clutter, C-L-U-T-T-E-R. Uh, but that could be, because that, that's, talk about a loaded word. You know, there's a loaded baked potatoes. And it's, it's nice if they give a, like, if you're going to load a baked potato, give it a little fluff for me. You know, just get, get some fork. You know, obviously you're going to do that uh, that four peel. You're going to peel it back. But, you know, just before you stick in the, the uh, st- you stuff the potato with the stuffing, um, you know, do do some fluffing, light fluffing for me, please. Potato, uh, what uh, potato can of soup? Potato entrepreneurs. What was I talking about though? Before I started about baked potatoes, having a bed full of stuff. uh you know, it's a. I think this is part of the human condition. It's especially in the in the uh, the part of like the part of the world where you you uh, you have advertisements. Uh, if, if if anybody if anybody lives in the world that uh, doesn't have advertisements, oh boy, about eighty percent of my joke attempts will be because most of them are based on the incredible amount of advertising I have consumed. You know, and I'm not here to point the finger, but but you know, we end up accumulating. Or you know, in a lot of good comedy routines are about you know. I think that was George Carlin, but I I don't know. It was, You know, we get more stuff. You have a job, and then you got a you know a place to put your stuff and all that, and that's just one of the things that can keep you awake. And then if you're like me, then that's Cluejor. Let's just call it Cluejor instead of the the other word, the loaded word. You know, you in my what? And I'm not exactly sure what Kludgy is, but I think I've heard Kludgy. I've heard of the, maybe it's Kludgy, but Kludgy. We'll, we'll we'll make up a word here. You know, t- I tend to be a little bit of a Kludgy person. You know, I got stuff in, I got a pile to be work to be ignored, pile, uh, to forget about pile. To you know? So I'm gonna get to that stuff, and I've been trying. But you say even then, I said stuff. You know, oh boy, I can't wait till I get to that stuff. And all my romantic, you know, once I get that pile out of the way, romance, here I come. I'll be running marathons and making out, you know, I'll be doing all that once they get those three piles down. And, oh, wait, I forgot those piles, and this is a true fact. First of all, there's not three piles. There's a couple milk crates full of podcast notebooks, and there's another one full of loose-leaf paper, but those all sit on a giant chest, and I. Get, she said, "I'm afraid to even look in there." I'm pretty sure my hand towel, like the the how towels, I would dry my hands with. I mean, then I had to purchase new hand towels. I said, "What happened to my hand towels?" "Co, did you eat the hand towels?" She said, "No. That's my dog, just in case you new. And I said, "Maybe one time." I decided to store the hand towels in that chest, but now I can't open it with all that stuff on there. Huh, well, wipe them on my pants. That's what I do anyway, even if when I have a hand towel. Uh, But so that my life can be a little bit kludgy or whatever. Yeah, kludgy. You know, not that other word with the T's, because T's are so kluge. You know, that's, you could call me the kludge. How about that? It's a new character for the podcast. He doesn't use the, the, that word with the double T because that's so harsh. But the kludge. I like that. Remember I had the noosh? That was my friend's daughter, Anushka. And I, I, I did say, I don't know if he ever listened. Zach, are you listening? Probably not. Zach's a very, uh, he's one of these writers that can actually get a ton of writing done. I always admired that about him. He's constantly churning out material. Uh we also had a daughter but he did not want me to call his daughter the noosh uh and i and I wasn't even talking about me. I said you should start it so that uh, when she gets to school and stuff she's known as the noosh uh but i'll be the-, the what did i say the Kluge? yeah that's not bad the Kluge. i could you know maybe we could get if the fujis get back together you know we could do we could work together uh anyone from the fuji's listening. You know, I, I have opened podcasts before saying I'm pillowing pill- pill-ing you softly, softly with my words. It, it would help if I could get it out without mangling any of it. Pillowing you softly with my words. Pillowing you softly. But, I, I mean, I'm a clutch. I You know, I I got piles of stuff. I fumble over my words. But I do it for you uh, publicly, you know, on my own. You know, this is... This, it's a lot easier to do that kind of stuff on your own when it's just your regular routine. Uh, but the reason I, you know, concentrated and edit it and share it for you is to take your mind off stuff because I've been there after the kludging's done. You know, when the kludge lies down to rest, you know, that's when the, they say, well, you really kludged it up today, kludge. And they say, well, yeah, I had a long day, brain. Well, yeah, well, you were just kludging. You were kludging, kludging, and kludging, you know, and I say, yeah, I know, I was aware, I was there when it all went down. Well, I think you forgot about that other kludgy cl- cl- thing you did with the thing. And also there's been spinach on your teeth all day. Oh, thanks, thanks, brain. So, so like, if that's even, if anything is like that for you at bedtime, or it could be something physical, or it could be something, it could be anything. It could just be an example that's barely tangentially related. If I could be a little bit goofy, a little bit silly, and take your mind off of stuff for a little while, and here's the deal: you don't you don't really have to listen to me. You can listen. You can kind of tune in, and then let you let let me drift away into the background, and maybe, you know, I just become a right right kludge kludge, kludge and the uh, or maybe you you can't sleep it in, and in, in, but because I'll be here for for another fifty minutes or so giving it my all, you know try to be a little bit goofy a little bit silly. Tonight we're gonna be talking about Star Trek the 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 pilot episodes, encounter at far point. It'll be my second only my second episode talking about Star Trek: The Next Generation. So so that is, Kluge City, you know I'll include you in the Klugeing. But this whole podcast is that you're under no pressure to fall asleep. You're under no pressure to listen, just kick back. Some people put this on while they're brushing their teeth. Some people put it on when they're already in bed. Some people put it on during the day when they, you know, just need background noise or they're, you know, they need a distraction. And, and you know, if I can just drain a little bit of the serious out of bed, time, seriousness out of it, I, I, can't, I, I try to do that. Uh, but, you know, especially when you get that brain saying, well, So I was kludging and kludging. Well, yeah, and also fudging. You were, you know, I say, well, it's just messy. I didn't mean, like, it wasn't, you know, particularly messing things up. It was, you know, let me, uh, you know, be, be your boyfriend, be your distractor, your distractor in chief. It'll be my honor. And if you're new here, this podcast is, just, is you know, a bit different, a bit uh, strange, goofy, can be irritating. Let's not lie. Like, I can get on a certain number. Let's see, how many people are in America? 250, you know, 250, You know, I can get on people's nerves. Give the podcast a few tries. If you don't, If it doesn't work for you, it's no pressure, you know, no pressure on you. You know, I appreciate you investing the time, but I I hear from a lot of skeptical people. That's a smart way to approach a a podcast that says it's going to put you to sleep. And, you know, for those people that give it a few tries, it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. But I really hope it works for you if you're up there at night tossing and turning, having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, waking up in the middle of the night and and getting back to sleep because I've been there in the deep, dark night so I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time. And I really hope, I not only hope, so much more than hope, I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep, all right? All right, so tonight we're going to be talking about Encounter at Farpoint, which is a two... two it was the first episode. Let me just read a little bit from Wikipedia. Set the mood here. A series premiere and first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Premiered in syndication. Wow. September uh, 28th, 1987. That is even more impressive. I had no idea. I mean, holy mackerel. That is so... I mean, I, Wow. It was written by uh, D.C. Fontana and Gene Roddenberry and directed by Corey Allen. Uh, Roddenberry was the creator of Star Trek and Fontana was the writer on the original series. A uh, series was made as a pilot for the new Star Trek series in a double-length episode for Paramount at Paramount Ten Television Group's insistence. Uh, after the show was initially announced uh, in 1986, Roddenberry put together a production team. Uh, new actors were hired. Uh, and sometimes they had to rehire. And sometimes people that's not important. So what's important was the year, September twenty eighth, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, a couple of the extra uh, actors are uh, uh, John Delancey, who plays Q, who you know we'll be talking about it probably a lot over the next couple months or years. Michael Bell, who played Groppler Zorn. And I think that's probably it. DeForest Kelly played um, um, Leonard McCoy, Bones. Is that Bones McCoy? DeForest Kelly, but that was like the, like, uh, but that was a kind of tribute to uh, the the original Star Trek. And maybe we'll do a run through. Uh, This is kind of like a two-parter for me. I mean, this is like a, you know, double length. uh, So about an hour and a half. And so we'll talk about, we'll run through the whole episode and then maybe we'll talk about like, cause what I was really struck by was a lot of interesting things. And, uh, I'd never seen this episode before. Like the first time I watched it, which was like months ago when I decided I've been watching star Trek next generation for months to, you know, uh, now that we're doing this in the lead up, uh, you know, get my feet wet and make sure this was viable. But, uh, so the first time I watched it was a few months ago, once I decided, okay, we're going to do Star Trek Next Generation for this show. And so it was really informative, uh, and it's a really different episode uh, like uh, it, it, than a normal episode, I would say. So not just the length, uh, and it, but it gives us a little glimpse into certain characters, just like a pilot would. And in, in some way, real in a really not too terrible way, like a lot of stuff, and a couple of things I really loved. Like the first time I saw it, the fact that uh, Picard doesn't like, here's a spoiler Picard doesn't like kids, the fact that uh, they make him uncomfortable, it just really struck me as like, uh, okay, I really like the, uh, I don't know if it's the, like, the being of this program. Uh, now now I get it. Uh I don't know. I guess that would be an, an endearing thing. It endeared it to me. And then having Q on the first episode is another big plus. Uh and it's just a lot of great things. But so let's do some run through. Um Encounter at Firepoint. It opens with the opening. Well, I put opens with open. Uh the ship and center screen falls in to the screen and Picard walks out of the shadows and uh, Picard uh, walks fast is a new command of a galaxy class ship uh their shortest first officer who's at Deneb 4 and their task uh, their task is to solve the mystery of Farpoint station uh Data does not know Snoop Oh, they're talking about, oh, what what are they doing? And uh, like they say, okay, we're going to snoop. uh, We're going to try to get clues. And he goes, you mean like seek covertly? And then Troy, Counselor Troy, uh, senses a powerful mind. And then the ship's alarm goes off. There's something strange. It's a force field, he says. And then Picard starts to get irritable, which is great. He goes, shut off that damn noise. And then we see the Enterprise is caught in some kind of energy net, like a force field. And again, this is in 1987, so these effects, they really stand up. I've been watching on Amazon, but I think it's also on Netflix. It says HD. Now, I don't know what that means as far as the 1080 whatever, but uh, really this show, man, talk about a show that has legs. Uh, it could, they say come to full stop, uh there's a flash appearance of a man in a giant hat with a feather in a breastplate. He looked like a battling painter, like a Renaissance painter with a breastplate. And he had a jacket with high boots. And he goes, you've gone too far to return to your galaxy. And then they, they say, well, who, what, are you, what are you? I don't know who said that, but he goes, we call ourselves the Q. And then he kind of locks the crew off the bridge. Everybody's trying to come on. And Q's walking around like he even has like a foil like a, for fencing style. Uh, and then at some point Q, Q says, you know, if, if captain to captain. Uh, he goes, go back to where the, thou came. And then somebody tries to come at him. He says, stay, stay while you stay where you are. He freezes that guy. Picard says, stay to get a hold of the medicine. And Picard's kind of exasperated now because he says, "What are you, what are you doing, man? Uh, this is just wrong." He goes, "He wasn't up to anything." Uh, but he then has this face off, face off with Q, you know, like because uh, Q's like hit the road or else, and Picard's not happy. Then there's an ad. They come back from the ad and it says, "Captain's log, like supplementary." You know, he froze one of our guys. And we're, we're see, seeing this powerful Q being, do we dare pose it? And then Q is a WW2 officer, like, smoking cigarettes and talking about, uh, oh, 400 years ago. He goes, go back to your, uh, you know, world. You know, you guys have been up to no good. Human beings are no good. You're not good to each other. You're not good to anybody else. You got your tribal god images, and you're never going to change. Which I guess is this is a great theme for the opening episode of the series. Like, the humans aren't going to, I mean, I guess, so, like, is this a, like, what is a jingoism for all of humankind instead of just for your country? Where you say, hey, let's make a TV series about how great humans are. And they say, well, we're the only ones in it we're the only ones going to watch it, Gene. Yeah, but we're the best, you know. Okay, wait we, we it's, yeah, we, it'll be a series about how great we are for the universe, better than we are now. Big, big plan. And I mean, because it, but it is a. I'm being, I'm being facetious, you know. Uh, really, is good. Also, I forgot we got a view of Warf. Who say I don't want to say who my favorite character is, but it's Worf, I think. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it. I'm doing a podcast about Star Trek: Next Generation. I'm still not. Warf. I just, I just, I do like a lot of the characters. I just think I connect with, there's a couple of good episodes about Worf, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, whatever he says, the whole thing is, will humans never change? And then he says, you want to see your rapid progress? And uh, then he changes to another weird outfit, like post, uh, post-winter post on Earth. And he keeps criticizing humans. Same, same old story. Uh, Over and over again, but Picard says, oh, no, the same old story as you, some self-righteous life form that's uh, not just here to judge, uh, not try to understand or tolerate. And Q says, great idea. Let's do some judging. Uh, You know, what if we figure it out? And Picard says, I'm not afraid of being judged by you fairly. And then Q says, great idea, Captain. You're a veritable fountain of ideas. Preparations to make. I'll be back, and uh, we'll proceed. And then a the flash is gone, and Worf says, all right, got to take, you know, we we got to be ready to rumble. Uh, you know, should we should we rumble or should we escape? Uh, and Counselor Troy says, we should, pre-, she says, according to, you know, my my sense is that we should avoid contact with these beings. And Picard says, all right, let's see what this ship can do. And he says, let's get some maximum acceleration uh, to see if we can outrun this. And he says, engage. And then they get up to 9.2, and then uh, Q's still on their tail or something. Then they get up to 9.3, warp. And then at some point, Picard says, hey, any guesses about what this is, Troy, Counselor Troy? She says, uh, beyond a life form, very advanced. And then he, Picard says, "We got to go faster." And Data says, uh, "The faster Data's project, too much risk." So then they do. A, they say, well, "We'll separate the saucer and protect the families and the uh, the rest of the crew." Worf will command the saucer, which Worf doesn't want to do. Of course, he doesn't want to run. Uh, so then they take Data and Worf. Uh, every they they clear the bridge. Uh, didn't I never they go to this battle bridge, I guess, or something. Yeah, Picard heads to the battle bridge. Then there's a commercial. Uh, then we see lots of uh, civilians and families. Everyone's walking very fast. Something about torpedoes and separations with music or something. Sepatitanian music. Uh, but then I think this is when the thing's separating. We get all these sh- reaction shots of the crew. Successful. Maybe that's the getaway. Then more reaction shots. Oh, then a separation shot. Okay, with with stem stem turns. I think this is when the thing separated the saucer, and then they they turn different ways. And then Picard and the ship they wait for a cue. And Picard talks to Tasha Yar, who's the head of security. He says this. She says, "What do you think we should do for a plan?" And then they say, well, he says, send us out in all languages and frequencies. We surrender with no terms. And then the ship starts shaking because the queue's caught up with them, and they surround the ship in the barrier. And the next thing you hear is laughing and jeering, and you see this red banner with a black eagle on it. It's Picard, Troy, Data, and Yar. And this is like holy Terry Gilliam, Batman. This was like a get Terry Gill- like a scene from a Terry Gilliam movie in a good way. I mean, definitely I would have liked to to you know, it's a good thing they have Twitter in 1987. Because, man, I can imagine the, the harshness. Like maybe people were ju- they say, What is this? Is Star Trek? Uh, but I, I think it was cool. And and it was very uh, is you know like this uh, dystopian feel to it, which was like, like a, uh, pastors. Uh, but let me get into it. It's a strange ca- ca- crowd. There's a man in a rob Santa hat, or a Santa hat man in a robe. I didn't put an e there. I put R O B, in a Santa hat, a staff with a ribbon on it. And he's talking to Picard and the crew. He says, the prisoners will stand. So Picard says, hey, let's sit down. And Data finds this intriguing because it's so accurate, the post, uh, um, what do you call it, the dystopian Earth uh, that's in the past now. And Troy says, this is not an illusion or a dr- dream even though it's in the past, you know, she, she goes, this is real. It's not uh, fake. It's a mid-21st century. Is that where we're, oh, we're tw- 20, are we at 21st century, but we're not at the mid-21st century yet? Uh, there's also, like, very ter- 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 Gilliam things, like someone in the crowd has an umbrella, or maybe that's a Mad Maxian, with no claw, no, you know, just an umbrella or skeleton, and they say, make way for the drudge, uh, and they say, get to your feet, and then Q makes this grand entrance in, like, this giant floating throne. It's got, like, white face paint on or very pale skin, this red gown. It reminded me of, like, something out of, a, 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 like, a Amade, Amadeus, like, uh, opera. And there's a red cape and gloves. That's uh, that's on on cue. Lion's heads on the throne. Uh, then Tasha Yar gets out of order, and uh, everyone cracks up because they freeze her. That's very Gilliam. Just the way the audience is, and it's just just a strange, just just a level of good kind of strangeness uh for me i don't know if you could say it's a cohesive strangeness which would be like it like something like twin peaks is a i don't know let's not get into semantics of semantics of strangeness gingerbread press thirty uh they're worried about the frayer trial oh yeah they say that and then they uh you know they're there to answer for their species then data objects uh then Tasha Yar objects to the whole court, so she gets frozen, and then everyone laughs and jeers. They say, you've got a lot to y- learn. And then Q yawns uh, at how boring a trial is. Uh, and Picard is not happy, but Q's like, concentrate on your trial. And he says, because if this is a fair trial, you're going to lose. Uh, but then, or maybe that Picard says that, but then they get uh, Tasha thought out which the crowd doesn't like. Then their bells ring uh, to, to, you know, to to silence the crowd. And Q says, legal trickery will not be permitted. And Picard says, well, what is this? We're guilty until we're, you know, guilty until we're proven innocent. You know, Q is kind of like, well, that's what the humans have earned. And Picard's like, well, I'm going to only answer specific charges. So then Q says, well, present the charges, also, there's a little bit we learn about Tasha Yark. She says, I grew up on a world with courts like this. Uh, and so Starfleet is what saved me from a world like this. And Picard like, reads the charges suspensively. Then he hands them back. Uh, and he sees, that I see no charges uh, against us. And they say, you are out of order. Then there was like this weird camera angle. I'm not sure what happened. It almost looked like there was like a blanket over the camera when it's on Picard. And Q tries to make uh, make Picard plead guilty. He does something. One laughs. He does a lovely one laughs. Provisually, Q. Uh Yeah. Let me look this up. I don't know, but uh. Let's see. Provisionally, Q, but Q lounges in the chair. Oh, data plays back recordings of Picard, uh, saying, "Will this be a fair trial?" And you know, he's like, "We're proof humans have, have advanced. Test us." And Q's like, "Oh yeah, great, great. Farpoint will be an excellent test for you." Uh, court adjourned. Uh, stand respectfully, everyone. Uh bonus uh, bow oh everyone bows as Q leaves. And then Q has this great line says, Captain, you may find you are not clever enough for what awaits you. And then the next thing you know, they're back uh, back on the ship, the normal ship. Uh and like O'Brien, uh, no one even knows they were gone, I think. Uh and then we have personal log commander Will, William Riker, start eight forty one, fifteen Forty-one. I don't know how they say it. Four one one five three point seven. Dropped off by the USS Hood, by you know USS Harry Hood, and uh, says I'm waiting for the Enterprise, or I'm going to be the first officer. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to talk to the administrator in the old city. Uh, so, but Riker goes to meet with this grappler Zorn. It said, talk about a name to for me to grapple with. Grappler Zorn. Uh, Zorn's easy, but grappler. Uh, this guy had a great voice, Grappler Zorn, they share an awkward, awkward handshake. And the the mystery of Farpoint has, uh, that Riker's trying to figure out is like, oh, this is incredible. You built this perfect station. And then Zorn's like, you want some fruit? And and Picard, Riker's like, well, I could go for an apple. He goes, oh, well, there's no way. Uh, he goes, oh, wait, no, There's here's a magical bowl of apples It was behind this other bowl. And Riker's like, I don't think that was there before. And uh, Grappler Zorn's like, Well, doesn't it make you feel welcome or something? And he says, anyway, he goes, uh He goes, I just want you know, uh to get my questions answered. And uh Zorn's like, This is a great station. You don't need to ask that many questions. And then Riker says, All right, I'm gonna eat my apple, I'll see you later. And then after he leaves, uh um, let's see. Easy answers won't make it appreciate any less. Oh, then, yeah, after Riker leaves, uh, Zorn's like mad at some mysterious force, kind of uh, chastising it uh, for making those apples appear. And then we meet Wesley and uh, Beverly Crusher. Riker meets them, via, you know, we meet them via Riker. They go for a stroll in the shopping district. And Wesley's kind of funny. He goes, if you're wondering about my mom, Commander Riker, she's not unfriendly. She's just shy around men she doesn't know. And then she's, you know, she's like, Wesley, you you little, uh, you know, and she said, I think that just means he wants us to be friends. And then Riker's like, I want to investigate some stuff uh, while we're here. I want to be uh, useful, you know, get some stuff done. And then Crusher's also looking at this material. She says, she I wish this, like, uh, material would have gold in it. And next thing you know, there's some, like, uh, like a bolt of, uh, what do you call that, stuff you make clothes with, cloth. Uh, but Crusher said, yes, yeah, sorry, I'm just giving you a hard time about, uh, you know, creating work to curry favor with our new captain. Uh, but she says, maybe this is something weird going on here with this, uh uh Stuff uh, and she said maybe Jean Luc would would like us to check it out and Riker says Jean Luc you mean Captain Picard and uh, Wesley says yeah yeah he he uh, helped with, with when my father passed he he helped us and uh, Doctor Crusher says that was a long time ago anyway Commander we got to roll and he says yeah my problem meeting you both uh, see you on board. And then we meet Geordie LaForge, uh, and he says, uh, sir, the Enterprise is arriving. And then, you know, Riker gives him a little business. He says, is this an official report, Geordie? And he goes, oh, sorry, sorry, Commander. Sir, Lieutenant LaForge reporting. The Enterprise is arising, but without the saucer section, sir. That's tough to say, saucer section, sir. Riker says, star drive only. What happened? He goes, I don't know, but Captain Picard said for you to beam up immediately. Riker says, our captain does a new captain. was not waste time. That's a great idea. Thanks, Lieutenant. Of course, says, aye, sir. And next thing you know, Riker's beam—you know, so ready to beam up. Also, I missed a note here. When he says there's no saucer section, it's like one of those Y-K moments, which I love. What? And then Riker beats, beams up, and then there's a commercial. Uh orbit sans saucer or Sansa. I think I don't know if I was writing about uh, poetry about Sansa Stark in here. Sansa Stark saucer, sir, uh section. Sansa saucer section saucers sir. In the snow. Uh Batasha waits, uh, I don't know what she's waiting for. Lieutenant Yar. oh she's waiting for a cat, car, or a riker. She says, Alright, let me take you to the battle bridge. And Riker says, something interesting must have happened, uh-huh. And she says, yeah, when we get to the battle bridge, the captain will tell you, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Questions, I'm security. And then they're in a standard parking orbit, and uh, Ricard says, let me bring you up to date on our little adventure. This was funny. They showed him, like, video highlights. Again, very futuristic. It was like a YouTube video. And he said the uh, saucer's on its way, but after watching the video with the uh, cues, so Riker's totally stumped. And so then we have the captain and uh, his number one alone for a little convo. I think, or maybe they're, uh, maybe, maybe let me see. Yeah, you know, let's see. Captain plus number one, he goes, the, the, the Picard puts the pressure on him right away. He says, Commander Riker will dock the ship, uh, and then they get right to work. Uh, crew and Riker, oh, boy, they're doing this manual docking. So I assume this was to kind of show off the potential of the ship and the sp- wonderful special effects, uh, but also show off Riker's effectiveness and uh, high-pressure situations. He really does well. Oh, boy, plenty of shots. Riker rolls in. And then he says, her inertia should do the job now. And he says, lock it up. And then they do, like, uh, reaction shots of data or data, data, they call them on the show. Tasha and O'Brien, they're all really impressed, and they smi- somebody smiles. Riker's pleased, but then Riker's drinking tea, and he starts testing Riker. He says, well, that was a fairly routine maneuver, maneuver. And Riker says, well, thanks, man. I hope I showed promise. He goes, I have some questions for you. He goes, I "I thought you would, sir. He goes, I saw Captain DeSoto likes you. He goes, one thing. He goes, you refused to let him bring him down to Altar three. And Riker says, well, it's too risky for the captain. And Vigert says, well, I guess captain's rank doesn't mean anything to you. Riker says, the reverse. He goes, captain's life means a lot And Picard says, well, don't you think a Starfleet captain can make, isn't that presumptuous of you to second-guess a captain's judgment? And then you get this, you know, moment was permission to speak candidly, sir, one of these moments with these officers we're always waiting for. And Picard says, always, and maybe Picard was hoping he would say, well, Captain DeSoto's a buffoon, but, you know, that would uh, incriminate Riker. Uh, But Riker says, "Well, I guess you were first officer once, and uh, you must know that uh, the safety of the captain—you know—I can follow rules, but I'm not going to compromise your safety." Andricard says, "Really? You—you put me first I like that?" Uh, Andricard says, "One more thing." Uh, He goes, "Well, since you—this was—this is a wonderful, wonderful moment. I don't have the timestamp, but really important." Uh, to for me to be like, I'm really gonna enjoy this watching this Star Trek Next Generation. He says, Using the same kind of strength you showed with DeSoto, I appreciate if you keep me uh, making an ass of myself with children. And Riker says, What do you mean? He goes, Well I'm not a family man, Riker. He goes, But this is a ship with children aboard and I don't feel comfortable with children, but since I have to be a genial captain, I gotta project that Riker says, "Don't worry, bro. I got your back." And then I says, "Sweet, you guys are gonna get along great." Uh, then we get like a little uh, backstory, like not backstory, but exposition about Geordi's vision and how that works. And uh, the, you know, because he's with Doctor Crusher getting an exam. What's in, another interesting thing we learn is that Jordy in order to see with his visor, it's painful for Geordi which is just an interesting thing in that uh, Crush is like, well, you could take painkillers, and LaForge says, well, without, then I wouldn't be able to use, the, like, C. And then Crush says, well, we could desensitize your brain, and he said, no, 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 I, I, I live with the pain so I can, you know, have this electronic vision. Uh, then we got Riker on the bridge, uh... He says, "Where's Data? Data at?" He goes, "A oh, special assignment, You're transferring our admiral over to a, another ship." And then this is when we see Bones, and we just get a little uh, McCoy, a little comedy routine, uh, and we learn about like he thinks that Data's a Vulcan, but Data can explain, to you. you know, I'm an android. And McCoy says, "You know, ba- make sure this is, ship's got a great name, so don't, you know, don't mess it up." And that was like a that was like a spot where I took a break. Uh, but yeah, so, so it's just kind of like a like a I think that's like the middle part with this little comedy routine, uh, with Data seeing Bones off board. Right, so there's a ad break after Data and Bones go start their walk, and then you see two starships and one flies off. And Picard says you send that message. Riker he says, "Oh yeah, bon voyage, mon ami." And Picard seems very chipper, I put. And then Q shows up and says, you're wasting time, Captain. Uh, And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Worf Worf, uh, tries to go after the viewer because Q's on the viewer. And he says, 24 hours, Captain. And then, uh, you know, Worf apologizes uh, he says, we must proceed at our own pace, I think Picard says. Then it says, Picard, chippy futility. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Picard, chippy f- futility. And they, but they say, well, geez, what are we going to do, Captain? He says, we're going to do what we do if Q never existed. He goes, if we're going to be troubled, let's be troubled. Let's get trouble for what we're supposed to be doing. And then we have a personal log start date, forty one one five 24 hours, uh, Captain Picard says, uh, and 11 have gone by, but I'm waiting. I think we're going to be tested. And then Riker and Picard are still trying to figure out how they built this far point, which is the mystery of the kind of show. I mean, you have the mystery of the queue. And then you have kind of especially in the second half, how do they build this? there's this kind of like uh more uh basic planet, but they have these this great station built there uh to start uh to uh whatever uh, you know the to, to to exact specifications none of the materials exist on the planet, and so Picard and Riker are kind of discussing it uh and and uh, beaming down, move to it, sir. Uh, but Riker also has this thing about uh, uh, that uh, he, th- he says. I think this grappler's on and the people are—they're trying to please us. He, that's like kind of a hint, you know. Because in, in his reports, you know, they said what well, that thing with the apples. And then Ricard and Riker getting ready. He goes, Oh, he goes, We've asked Counselor Troy to join us. And that's so, oh, like uh, all these funny takes. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, you could see on their faces there's some awkwardness. And then this one, I, I guess I haven't like, uh, watched enough, but Troy starts speaking uh, to Riker and she calls him, um, 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 let me think. She says, can you still sense my thoughts, Zindi or um, 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 Mazdi? And Picard says, "What are you have you two met before or are you just communicating by mind already? And I think Picard or uh, so someone says, I too could never say goodbye. Maybe that's Troy. But so we get that learning moment. Picard doesn't like kids. Uh, Date is an android. Uh... Uh, Jordy, so we're getting all these little hints about the characters that'll do us well. Uh, but at the end of it, the planet, uh, Desolate, uh, we see and they're in a meeting with Grappler, who doesn't like Betazoids. That's what Counselor Dr- Dr- Troy is, a Betazoid, because uh, he feels like they could read their minds. But Counselor Troy says, no, 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 I can only detect emotions, uh, Grappler. I'm half Betazoid. My father was, my father Hello, mother. Hello, father. No, no. She says, my father was a Starfleet officer. And Counselor, uh, whatever, not Counselor, uh, what is, whatever the dude's name is, I can't believe I just forgot it, Grappler Zorn says, uh, well, I got nothing to hide. And then they're like, well, we'd like to hire you or learn your techniques. And Grappler Zorn says, well, we just kind of want to be left alone. You know, just want you to use this star base, but we don't want to do everything else. You know, we just wanna he goes, We're the bandy people. We like staying home. And he goes, you know, if you can't get that we'll 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 maybe we'll make an alliance, allegiance with the Ferengi. And something about that tick to makes counselor Tro- Troy take a a breath and they say, Jesus, well, what's going on? She goes, Pain and loneliness, uh, despair uh, you know, I don't know if it's a grappler or the people, it's something else. A very upset. Uh, uh, grapplers, you know, was me- irritated. Uh, what else? he feels they might be. Oh, and then also Picard says, well, Jesus, Ferengi would love you grapplers. They, they, they find uh, uh, Ferengi or whatever, the, because they find you tasty. Uh, then Riker goes looking for, uh, data on the ship. He gets directions from the queue, uh, uh, from, from the crew. Also, we see kind of this mapping system they have where it can guide you. Also, the person he asked, the woman he asked, she looked right at his butt. And, and I, I, mean, that caught that. Uh, then we get a taste of the holodeck because Riker goes into the forest on the holodeck. His mind is blown, He does this, hello, across the river. Uh, Data is practicing whistling. So that's another cool, like, say, well, Data practices whistling. Pop goes the weasel. And him and Riker do a duet for a second. And I think that says Data's practicing. Then Riker says, let's roll, man. We got got work to do. Uh, But then they talk about... uh, like, Riker's like, what are you, a machine? Or what do I call you, it? Should I call you it? And Data says, what, are you, don't you trust me? He goes, Riker goes, nope. And he goes, well, prejudice is very human. And Riker goes, what, do you think you're better than us? He goes, well, actually, I am. Uh, but, you know, he goes, I don't, you know, all my superiority give up to be a human. And he says, nice to meet you, Pinocchio. And then Ricker's like, that was a joke, by the way. And then you see they're going to get along great. Uh, like, you just get the sense, of, okay, they they get each other now. Uh, then Wesley comes in. He's so excited. Uh, oh wait, they talk about the woodland. Oh, there's an ad. Uh, then they talk about the woodland and how simulation actually is real because of the replicators. That was interesting, too. Uh, I do, You know, at some point we'll get back to that. Uh, Wesley shows up. but Wesley's so excited he falls in the river. Data rescues him. Uh, Picard doesn't like, you know, a wet Wesley. He says, what the heck? And Wesley's with Mom. He's all jazzed, but he really wants to see the bridge. And his mom's like, well, that's against standing orders. He Wesley says, what are you afraid of the captain like everybody else? The captain's kind of not so nice. And Dr. Crusher says, well, your father liked him. He says, Great explorers are often lonely. No chance to have a family. And then Wesley goes, come on, Mom, I'll stay in the elevator. Just let me look at the bridge. Asking for trouble. Then we see a Farpoint model. or Maybe that was a shot of it. Then the crew... Uh, Riker sends Troy. Oh, Riker's like Troy, Tasha, Jordy. You're gonna go below the station to check the passages underneath it. Uh, Me and Data are gonna roll another way, and uh, they start doing readings. Like this stuff is off the charts. And then Troy tunes in. Counselor Troy, she detects a lot of uh, uh, pain. And then they beam down. And Riker says, what in the hell kind of place is this? And uh, uh, Jordy says, this is like no place I've ever seen. Uh, so they'll go, let's go deeper. I think there's was an ad break here. I can't read my handwriting. And then we see the Enterprise. And we get another what the hell as uh, Riker sees uh, Dr. Crusher. And Wesley standing, and he says, no children on the bridge. And Crusher says, permission to report to the captain. And they say, well, geez, uh, he's not on the bridge. He's just looking. She goes, that's my son, by the way. Crusher says, or uh, Picard says, your son? Holy cow, Les. He goes, come on over, because I knew your, uh, your dad. He goes, you can look around, but don't touch anything. And then we see Wesley's a bit of a prodigy. You know, he knows everything about the ship and how to work everything already, how things work, multispectral imaging. And then they say, that's when Picard says, how the heck do you know that? And and, then Wesley says, perimeter alert. Uh, He's like touching stuff. And then Picard says, off the bridge. And then Worf says, sir, you uh, got a perimeter alert, a little bit of comedy. Also, Picard was really humbled and kind. He, when he, when he meets Wesley, he cleared his throat. He said, "I knew, I knew your father, Wesley." Uh, Wesley is total maze balls. Uh, there's even like a Picard. There's like this VR moment. It's like POV because Picard says to us, to the camera, "Hey, sit in the chair." Uh, then they get off the bridge. Then Worf says, you have a perimeter alert, son. And Crusher says, as my to- son told you. Then they say, inbound in vessel, like actual UFO, unidentified vessels coming in. It's covered in purple light. They go to add. And then the captain, they're on the bridge. Uh, they say, give me Grappler Zorn. He goes, Grappler, who the heck's coming here? Ferengi or what? Uh. And Raptor says nobody. That was I made that up. There was no Ferengi. I was lying. And the ship they say I think Jordy says that this just ships twelve times our volume, so it's a massive, massive ship. And they shoot a purple beam onto the Enterprise. Sense, uh, uh, and they say she I think the sense was I think we just got scanned. Uh, next thing we you know, we're below the planet, close to an answer. Uh, someone does not want us in touch with our ship because they can't get a hold of their ship, obviously. Uh, then we're back on the bridge. They say, computer's got no record of a ship like this, and our sensors are bouncing off of it. Uh, then the ship starts sending your purple beams down to the old western town. And the crew on the planet, they're trying to get out, but then, the, you know, the purple beams are coming uh, Troy is like, the, Riker's like, we'll split up. Me and Data will go to the dangerous spot. You get back to the ship. But Troy's worried about Riker's safety. He says, hey, follow orders. Uh, then we got Grappler Zorn's freaking out. He says, tune that down. What does that mean, tune that down in my notes here? I don't know. But then Picard says, go get Zorn. And he, maybe he has some answers. What do you think that means, tune that down? And then Picard and Troy talk. This is a good conversation. They talk about the prime directive a little bit uh, because Picard says, well, geez, what are we supposed to do? Uh, is it, and Troy says, uh, well, it wouldn't be violating the prime directive. Uh, you know, they're not allies, but we're in the midst of diplomatic discussions, so we should protect them. So Picard says, "Fire it up, Tasha," and she goes, "Phasers, on. And then Q uh, shows up with uh, Q shows up as the judge, Judge Q. It's hard to say. And he says, "Typical, you're just gonna shoot that other ship with your phasers." And Kevin says, "This is our pro- you know this is our protocol, dude, to protect my crew. I'm not about to do anything. Safety precaution." And Q says, I know what you're up to, as plain as the nose on your face. Uh, You're not civilized. And uh, if you were, you'd be doing something about the people on the planet. And Picard says, hey, Dr. Crusher, what are you doing? She said, getting ready to go down to the planet and help people. And Picard says, what do you think about that? Uh, uh, Know it all. Uh, Meaning of what is that? I don't know, I can't read my writing here. Meaning of uh, S, but he says uh, some meaning of something not trained in clear thinking. I think that's what Q was saying, that we're not trained in clear thinking. And then Picard says, I got an idea. Let's uh, block, we'll, we'll get between the ship and the planet. And then they say, well, we don't have control. Something happened with that scan. And then Data and Riker, they're in a bunch of dust. And Data, uh, Riker says, Data, are you undamaged? And D- Data jumps up. He says, systems are operating. And then Grappler Zorn's under Grappler Zorn's desk crying. And Riker shows up. He says, you can drive them away. And uh, Zorn tries to explain it because Riker's like, drive who away? And Zorn's like, never mind, I don't know. And Adel goes, you do, you do, because you were in charge of all contact, bandy contact with other worlds. And Zorn's like, we didn't do anything. And Riker's like, well, I guess we'll go then. And Zorn's like, no, 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 please don't go. And then uh, Zorn just gets beamed away. And then Riker says, some sort of transporter took, uh, you know, purple transporter. And uh, sensing satisfaction, that's what uh, Troy says about it. And then Picard yells at Q, he says, this is enough, man. And he says, temper, temper, Q says, temper, temper, mon capitan. He goes, I'm trying to uh, assist here, because maybe I'll just deal with Riker. And Picard says, don't do anything, and he goes. Well, he goes. What are you going? He goes. He goes. By the way, what are you up to? And he goes. Well, I'm not risking my cue. He goes. Uh, we're going to go over to that ship. He goes. You should know what you'll find there, or perhaps it's too an in, adult and in a puzzle for you. And Riker's like, Captain, I want to get over there and uh, check it out. Too adult a puzzle. Uh, I'll attempt to my. I'll tend to my duty to the bitter end. Oh, uh, that's what Picard says. I'll attend to my duty. And Q says, to the bitter end. And uh, Picard says, I see nothing so bitter. Uh, and then there's this I, put, I had to put WTF double question mark because then in the height of this, so they're about to. The bandy planets it's getting hit with purple beams from this giant ship who has uh, taken over the controls of the Enterprise. And Picard says, "You know what? This is a perfect time for me to apologize." For it. and Q was just on board. He said, "I got to go by and apologize to Doctor Crusher." Uh, and uh, which is just strange. <laughs> he goes to Doctor Crusher's office, and he goes. She said, "I don't want you to think I was harsh and cold blooded." She goes, "Why would you think that?" He goes, "Well, I didn't welcome you on board, and then I yelled at your kid." And he goes, but he's a sharp kid. And she goes, well, he just wants a mother's heart. And he goes, you can see some awkwardness. They so say, were these two involved or not? And I'm not looking up spoilers. So I think, they, yeah, I've seen, well, I've seen them share looks. Oh, yeah, and they danced in one episode. But she, she says, uh, he says, well, why'd you, you got assigned here. Couldn't you have turned it down? And she goes, do you have a problem? He goes, no, no, you're the perfect chief medical officer. And she goes, you got a problem? He goes, no, I'm just worried about your feelings, doctor. You know, when you're commanding officer and you're husband, and she goes, I requested this assignment. He goes, what? And she goes, I can serve on this vessel without worrying about my feelings. He says, well, welcome aboard. And then they shake hands. I hope we can be friends. Then we have Data, Troy, Riker, and Yar. They head over to the other ship. It's the same tunnels as below. And they're like, there's no power and no equipment on this ship, so the mystery deepens still. And Counselor Troy says, I'm detecting some hate, but only for the old bandy city. And Data said most, he goes, most intriguing. Yeah, because it was firing at Star, not at Star Point, but at the old the home of those who constructed it. And then there was, like, this wicked cool stoned moment, like, almost like Data stoned. Because he goes to Rector, he goes, sorry, sir, I seem to be commenting on everything. I mean, this is really gold. It's hard to pinpoint uh, how, I I, I don't know, it just really stuck out to me. He goes, sorry, sir, I seem to be, like, uh, it was both meta humor. it's also something you like when you're wicked, wicked high. Maybe, not that I would know, but, and kids don't do it, but, they're like, wait a second. Was I commenting on everything, or like, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. And then Riker says, "Don't stop, man. I love it." And then uh, there's uh, nothing like any nothing like any vessel. And then uh, they see Zorn in this like uh, purple purple holder, uh, like energy vortex. And then they say, "That's it." Uh, and like uh, Troy says, "There's only one alien. I'm sensing Zorn." And Zorn wants out of the ship, but uh, like so, Riker and Data kind of phase Zorn onto a uh, like out of the thing. And in the bridge, the ship starts up. uh, Captain says, "Get them out of there," because they say, "What is this ship gonna do?" Then the Q shows up. Oh no! Then Picard says, "You know what, Q? Get my crew back safely, and I'll do whatever you want." he goes, my people are in trouble. And Q says, whatever I say, he goes, yeah, I'll make that argument. You know, I'll make that bargain. Uh, but the away team like came back right around the same time. And Troy goes, Oh, by the way, it wasn't Q that did that. Uh, and then Q says, you better do something. And Riker says, it wasn't, he goes, uh, he goes, the ship sent us back. Uh, and Troy says, "It's not a vessel, sir. It's a, it's an actual being. That ship is a being." And then Q says, "You know, do it. Let's strike while the iron's hot." And they, Picard say, says, "No, no, no way." And then Zorn says, "Yeah, yeah, do it. It's shooting purple stuff at my planet." And Picard says, "Well, why?" And Q says, "Cause you know, don't. It's an unknown." And Q's also dressed as a Starfleet officer, and he goes, "If you earned that uniform, you'd know." The unknown is what brings us out here, Q. And Q says, well, wasted effort considering the human intelligence. And then Picard says, well, let's do some deductions here. He goes, starting with those tunnels under Farpoint, Grappler. How come they're the same ones, Riker says, on the ship? Uh, He goes, why was the ship punishing you, Grappler? And Picard says, were you doing something to another creature? Because that ship's a creature. And Zorn's like, well, no, 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 we were helping it. Uh. And Ricard says, helping it? Uh. And then uh, Ricard says, let's beam some energy down to Farpoint. I think it's a creature. And, and they say, oh, and Riker says, Captain. He goes, oh, wow, it's a creature that can convert energy into matter, which we kind of saw with the forest uh, in the holodeck. That's how the, his data explains it to Riker. Oh, this converts energy into matter. And Picard says, yeah, specific matter, just like our transporters do. And it becomes like these space jellyfish, or uh, like, like in a little bit. Of, I mean, this was the 80s, so one's blue and one's uh, pink. And Picard says, you know, the cheesy cat caught one. And they love each other. They're a pair, and Troy says, yeah, there's a pair of creatures, one in grief and one with anger at the loss of love. And, you know, just trying to get their mate back. And so uh, Q says, oh, it was too simple a puzzle. Generosity is always our weakness. And then they say, Grappler Zorn. there will soon be no Farpoint Station. And then so Farpoint turns into another jellyfish. I guess I got ahead of myself. Let's see what else. The caption of me, and Riker... Oh, Troy and Riker share a look when it says you've captured its mate, and say, "Well, used to be my mate." And they energize the station. The creature takes off. It's brilliantly blue, and then they hold hands. They have like feathered tentacles, and they say, "Hey, let's fly off together. Uh, This is great." And they, they close it out. to say, oh, you must have been using the creature. You know, you say, well, if you make this space station for us, we'll, uh... and uh, Zoran says, yep. And then Troy says, I feel feelings of joy and gratitude from both of them. And then Picard goes, Cute, why, why do you use life forms for fun? You know, who do you think you are? And he goes, well, I'm the best at providing fun. And, t-. and then Picard says, get out of here, man. Refresh your tests. And Q says, temper, temper, mon capitan. And this is really good at, when you think about, you know, human interactions. Because Picard says, get off my ship. And Q is kind of superior. says, oh, yeah, only because I want to leave, though, not because you told me. Uh, but maybe, maybe I'll be back. And uh, then I think it just goes to Captain's Log. Uh, agreement for rebuilding uh, our firepoint's been set up and then we have this like uh, whatever you call that post thing on the bridge Picard says all stations and Data says ready for departure and Picard says what do you think Riker he goes well I hope this isn't how our usual missions will go sir and Picard says oh no number one it'll be much more interesting Let's see what's out there. Engage. And with that, the Enterprise has sailed into its second round of history as you sail away on the bedsheets of the night. Good night. I want to thank everybody supporting the show on Patreon. I want to thank KCS and Randall J. and Becky W. Thanks and good night. Rebecca F, Robert P, and Allison H, thanks and good night. Oh, my good friend Annie. Annie S, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Christina T, thank you and good night. John H, thanks and good night. Sarah S, thank you and good night. Kevin H, uh, thank you and good night. Susan E, thank you and good night. Nicole W, thank you and good night. Johnny V, uh, Mary Ellen E.K., and Billy S I and an E. Thanks and good night. Uh, Vi N, Claire C, and Philip S. Thank you so much. Thanks and good night. Uh, Diane R to the H. Liz R, and uh, Liesl uh, W to the T. Thank you and good night. Uh, Jill P, Sarah N, and uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Neymar, V to the S, uh, Fonda, and Jordan to the B, thank you, and good night. Thanks and good night. Uh, Jerry to the L, Muffy to the S, and Frank to the P, thank you very much, and good night. Adriana E, Josh D, and Sandra R, thank you so much. Thanks and good night. Uh, thanks to the patrons. Thanks over on uh, PayPal to Rosemarie F. Uh, Chris K. Thanks and good night. In the Mood. Thank you and good night. Uh, Josephine N. Thank you and good night. Uh, Bran G. Thanks and good night. Uh, Sasha W. Uh, thanks and good night. Ariana. Thank you and good night. Michael M. Thank you and good night. Cheryl Z, thank you and good night. M and J enter. Thanks and good night. Ray would be. Thanks and good night. Anna G, thanks and good night. Stephanie L, thanks and good night. Diane S, thanks and good night. Laura C, thanks and good night. And Susan S, thank you and good night. And Venmo, I want to thank Chase E. Thank you and good night. Alexander W, thank you and good night. Sally B. to the M to the C, thank you very much, and good night. Justin S., thank you, and good night. Elena uh, C., thank you, and good night. And Mary R., thanks, and good night. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for uh, letting me bring this podcast to you and everybody else. Thank you for the support, and good night.